0: (laughs) wait I feel it's so inappropriate to start this off with a laugh (laughs) because it's like when you click it the first thing that you're gonna hear is me just giggling and so I don't know maybe it'll be beneficial but welcome back to another episode of the Ascension podcast I am your host you know my name the one and only, Robin Boynton. Truth be told, I'm a third. So that's kind of. I mean, it's true. My granddad's dead. Uh, my dad. <clears throat> you know, he's the second. But um, I'm 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 the Robin Boynton. I'm the only one. That's that's all that matters. I want to give a shout out to all of you. I want to give a shout out to you for your press. I want to give you a shout out for your endurance. I want to give you a shout out for your. Willingness, your responsiveness. I want to give you a shout out. Well-deserved. A round of applause, even, if I could just... Quick clap. You are so amazing. I shared on my Instagram story a couple of days ago that I am so... I am looking forward. In fact, I'll tell you exactly what it is that I said. Actually, I can really just tell you off the dome is that my prayer is for everyone connected to this ministry to prosper. And when I speak to prosper, prosper and prosperity, I'm speaking to three areas, spiritually, psychologically, and professionally, which could be physically. First, it has to be spiritually. That's what the church does. The most challenging part is unlocking the spirit once we, as the church, unlock your spirit, then you can go into the world and do everything. And so that's the point of the church is to unlock people. People go in the world and they succeed. They become millionaires and billionaires. And then they come back and they support the system that supported them. <laughs> come on. Shout out to that. Shout out to the expansion of this ministry. Shout out to the people around the globe that are connecting with this ministry. Mind-blowing. But it's just proof that everything that you go through is for a reason. But I shared that my heart goes out to everyone connected. First it's spiritually, then it's psychologically. Because you can't get your mind together if your spirit's not right then it is physically, professionally, my entire life comes together. Then I start making more money. Then I start having more connections. Then I have a nice house or just have a nice house. Then I'm able to have a nice car. I'm able to eat whatever I want to eat. I can eat healthy if I want to eat healthy. If I want to uh, binge, if I want to, you know, just have a cheat day, I can have a cheat day. If I want to get the gym membership and all of that stuff flows. If I want to be an actor, I'll be an actor because I got my spirit right. I got my mind right. And now I, my whole life has changed. My prayer is to see the people connected to this ministry prosper, man. That is one of the things that I really pray for the most. I'm ain't even i not even play, playing about it. I'm just expressing it like I, it is so serious for me. I have literally prayed and said, God, even if you don't do it for me, do it for them. My heart goes out to those connected to me. That's what it's about. That's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, being crucified by his own people. I remember when the first hate train, well, I've had a hate train since I started doing this thing. Ministry brings hate. But when, I, when, when the hate started increasing, first thing I realized and recognized is the very people that I was sent to save are the people that are trying to kill me and crucify me. You hate me today, but baby, you're going to love me in about 10 years. You're going to be the main one sitting up in the front row in 10 years. Why are you online talking about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody you don't even know. (laughs) And you're going to be right up front. So happy. Oh, okay. But Jesus was so in love with the people connected to him that what was his response? Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. That's my response always, Father. (sighs) Forgive them for they don't even know what it is that they're doing. And so when I say that I love you. I mean that thing. And if nobody's told you today, I want to be the one that tells you, I am, I love you. And I am so proud of you. I think we have to hear that more, especially as believers. We've got to hear more. I love yous. We've got to hear more. I'm proud of yous. We got to hear more. I believe in yous. We got to hear more. You got this is we got to hear more, baby. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The most challenging thing about being great is sometimes you're the only one that is trying to encourage you in your greatness. Do you understand you can be in a room full of a thousand people and still feel alone and unseen? It's one thing for you to only know a compartment of me and acknowledge the compartment of me as being great. It's another thing for you to know all of me and acknowledge all of me as great. When I say you're amazing, when I say you're great, I'm not coming from a place of compartmentalizing who you are. I'm speaking to every ounce of yourself on day one because we're here. Day one. Whenever day you're watching this podcast, this is your day one. In fact, I think that's going to be the best title for this episode is day one. Today is your opportunity to begin again. I'm telling you because on day 1 God you worked with the light and the darkness. He looked at them both and he started making something out of them both. He divided the light from the darkness. Yet they were the same to him. He used both materials. Fashion designers go and get fabric and they make different clothes out of different materials. I have this one velvet or velour set, whichever one it is. I have one in blue and I have one in black and I love them, but I wish they had one in white. I just think that the white probably wasn't the same material. It's probably something different. God's materials were light and dark. (laughs) You know how crazy that is? I just have this visual of a guy grabbing darkness in his hand and light, and just, I don't know. You're amazing. If you're experiencing extreme tiredness in this season, I want to let you know it's only because you did your job well. If you're tired, it's because you finished your last level. Finishing your last level is always exhausting. Breakups are so painful because it's when we finish our last level. Divorces are even more painful because it's finishing my last level. I lost my job. And though my faith says that God has a better opportunity for me, the fact is that I I, I finished my last level. And so it's a blessing, but it's also painful because I, I I've pressed in and I've pressed forward and I'm on to the next and I'm on to the new, but... I'm still waiting to get there. Do you know there will always be ounces of waiting in your life? Because waiting is what produces and provokes, produces and proves faith. I was going to say produces, provokes, and proves faith. I think I like that. Waiting is what produces, provokes, and proves your faith. So in every season of your life, there will always be some ounce of waiting connected to it. I'm reminded when Joshua led the people into the, um, into the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, there was still an ounce of waiting. They had to wait to claim the whole territory. They took back the land piece by piece, battle after battle, but there was still an ounce of waiting because they had to take back the territory. God has territory for you to take in this season. The question is, do you believe that you can take it? All of us were created for a specific purpose. And it's so beautiful, but it's so complicated because sometimes I'm looking in the world for someone that's just like me. And I can't find another me, but I don't know nobody that has two, ta- two heads. I don't know a body that has four hand- hands or 20 fingers. There is nobody with double of anything unless it's meant to have double. When I say double, of anything, I mean if the body has two hands, double would mean four hands, not two. It would mean four hands. If the body has 10 toes, double would be 20. There's nothing in the body that is doubled. You got two kidneys, double would be four. So it's frustrating when you are really great, when you are really anointed, when you are really gifted. It's frustrating and it's complicated because I keep on trying to find another me and no me is found. I keep on looking, 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 and I can't see it. So the most challenging phase of life is the phase where God has to get you the, to this, this solid place of believing in who you are. Understanding that if there was another you, you would not be as important as and, and as necessary as you are. It's the fact that there is no other you that makes you so necessary. For this entire thing and this entire plan. This is your new beginning and all you're waiting on is to take off. I want to encourage you today. God says you're about to take off. I said I was going to stop speaking in tongues on this podcast. <laughs> I said the podcast is supposed to be cool It's supposed to have some decorum to it. It's supposed to be just a conversation. Somebody was asking uh, me to tell my testimony. Is my testimony on my podcast. I'm like, if you go all the way to the bottom, you're going to hear some uh, real uh, nitty gritty, straight to the bone type stuff. Um, But no, I'm going to put that in the book. But I will tell you this. I have seen God be a keeper. I'm going through something right now. And I'm going to end up telling the story at some point. I'm going through something right now that is life changing. And most people, when they go through certain situations that are life changing and critical, that's where they lose their faith. But I am so disciplined in my faith that I firmly believe everything happens for God's purpose. No matter how painful, it's always purposeful. No matter how confusing, it's always for the clarity of God. And so every day I'm showing up carrying a lot of weight, but I know the God that will sustain you in the weight that you carry. The Bible tells us that there is no temptation that has overtaken us, which is not common to mankind. And that when it gets to the point that it becomes overbearing and we can't make it anymore, God will make a way of escape. And the Bible in context is literally speaking to temptation, meaning when the devil tells you to go do this or go do that. And you're like, I don't want to do this. I'm trying to get out of that. It, it, it can't defeat you. It doesn't have more power than you. Oftentimes, well, not even oftentimes, ultimately, the only reason we end up saying yes and doing that, which we would not have done is because what? We wanted to do it anyways. Because God will always make a way of escape. Whether the Holy Spirit will tell you to start praying, but you just didn't start praying. The Holy Spirit will tell you to close the app. You didn't close the app. The Holy Spirit will tell you to to, uh, 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 worship. Uh, The Holy Spirit will tell you to, I don't know, go over a friend's house. The Holy Spirit will tell you, no, don't do this. No, don't do that. He'll give you an unction. And I just wanted to do it so bad that I was willing to press past that. So it's not the temptation really that the temptation really had power, but I, I wanted to do it. I had to take this DWI education course. Anyone who's been connected to me for a while, I got a DWI in 2022, two of them actually, but it's only one because God worked miracles in that situation, and the other got tossed out, so it doesn't exist. In fact, the only way that you're gonna know it exists is if you hear this episode, because I never talk about two of them. Well, I talked about it before. And I'm going to have to talk about it when I tell the whole story. Because I guess it's important to talk about. Because literally, when my lawyer told me, it was like, this has never happened before. I was like, I believe it. It's the grace of God, babe. They closed the second one. It could have been so much worse. They threw it out. Didn't even take it. I had to take this DWI education course. It was 12 hours long. So that means it was four hours for three days and... Uh, that tells you enough right there. On the last day, I had to take a test. While I was in the class, though, and I'll tell you about the test in a minute. But while I was in the class, one of the episodes, one of the lessons was about peer pressure and changing circles and something like that. So the guy had uh, got he's on probation. He can't drink, can't smoke, do nothing like that. Right. Because that's probation standard. And so anyways. The entire video we had to watch shows him in different situations. He's a artist, he does music, and he performs at this bar and it's a country bar. And so like when I say country, like I'm talking about cowboys and stuff like that. And so, you know, it was a lot of alcohol drinking and a bunch of different stuff going on. And so the first video was him constantly being offered alcohol, seeing how he would respond, but it didn't show his response, it would cut the scene. Then finally we got to see how he responded to it. But the moral of the story is when the first video ended, the instructor asked us, shout out to her. She's in Houston and she's so beautiful. She's amazing. Her energy, her spirit, shout out to you. You know who you are. She said, first, what do we think about it? I'm gonna say that. And I said, truth be told, I can't blame the friends. We can't really blame people for the peer pressure. Because when you really make up your mind and decide, this is what I want for myself, this is what I'm going to do for myself, this is the life that I'm going to live, this is how I'm going to go forward. When you settle and seal your mind on that thing, can't nobody change your mind. Period. (laughs) Once you really settle and seal yourself on that thing, there's no going back. Once my mind is made up, it's made up. It's making up my mind that's the issue. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline, a sound mind. Which means I have the ability, which means, hold on, the mind is not going to make itself up because the mind is still flesh. It's still carnal. And carnality and spirituality go in opposite directions. So if I I want my mind to operate on the level of the spirit, I've got to be intentional about making up my mind. Which is why I said growth, development, increase, and expansion happens in three areas in this order. Spiritually, psychologically, professionally, physically. Professionally, comma, physically, comma, not comma, uh, 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 what is that called? Dash. I can't think, whatever the slant thing is. I can't think of it right now for some reason. Dash. I think it's a dash. No, not a dash. Um, slash. Yes, yeah, slash, whatever. Professionally, slash, physically. Because it is the spirit that equips you to discipline the carnality of your brain. You've got to make up your mind. It doesn't make itself up. And when you make up your mind, because that's the most challenging thing, then it's made up. And then it doesn't matter how many people try to influence him. His wife tried to influence him. She was like, oh, they're not going to know if you drink. He was like, I was thinking the same thing. That's because that's what you want to do. But had he settled his mind on, I'm never doing this again. I've learned my lesson. I want to move forward in a good direction. He could have told her in that moment, they're not going to know. I don't care if they know or not. I'm not doing it because I don't want to do it. She ended up offering him pot in another video. He, she said, oh, what? You can't smoke this either because the judge said so. He could have said, it's not about them. I don't want that for myself anymore. But we don't like to be that firm and we don't like to be that strong and we don't like to be that bold. Why? Because that will provoke us to have to lose out and miss out on people. It provokes a relationship change, a change in community. So a lot of people say, oh, you're fake. You don't hang out with us. You don't go out with us. But it's you slowly pulling yourself away from them, slowly pulling yourself out of that community when you need to be bold and just cut it off. Listen, this ain't me no more. I'm good. Man, all the years we said, I'm good. Once I recognized, I had to do this before. Like, I would connect with people that I knew I had no business being with. And then finally, God would like literally tell me, you got to get away from this person, period. I'm telling you, get away from this person. And I'll have to say, I'm done. But why? Give me a reason. I'm just done. Because even if I give you the reason, you're not going to understand it. So I don't need you to understand why I don't need to be connected to you. You just got to be bold enough to disconnect from that, what you need to disconnect from. You've got to be willing to make up your mind. That's one thing I wanted to touch on. But then I also wanted to touch on this test that I had to take. I've been saying so uh, constantly in this season, and whenever you listen to this podcast, it's going to apply to your season, that God is backing you up. Everything that you do, everywhere you go, everything that you experience, everything that you encounter, everything that you endure, God is backing you up. You are not in it by yourself. You are not going through it alone. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overtake you. Uh, I'm about to give it to you right now. It's in the book of Isaiah. It's in the book of Isaiah. Hold on, let me find it. Hold on, give me elevator music. Right here, Uh, right here. Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Come on now. God is backing you up. I ended up taking this test on the last day that was available for me, okay? Uh, You had like 180 days or something like that from the day of your sentencing to take this course. And baby, I used up every last one of them 180 days. If I could be transparent with you, five seconds of therapy if you may. Um, I actually had booked the class over the weekend, but it was from like 11 p.m., Central, which is 12 p.m. my time, because I'm Eastern time, 12 p.m. to 4 a.m. my time, 3 a.m. that time. And every time I got off live, because it was the fast, so I was going live every day, I was tired. In fact, I went to sleep. I woke up because I had set an alarm for me to get on the Zoom. I cut that alarm off. I shut my laptop. I went to sleep. I said, who about to get up on here and be in class for four hours? It was, you know, you got to take care of your business, but I still had a couple more days. I I was going to do what I had to do. So when I finally got to reschedule, it was literally the day that it ended was my last day. Like it had to be completed that day. So when I took the first test, I failed. You had to get a 70 or above. Mind you, we had all three days of this class. Everybody, well, some people in the class, you know, they only get information to figure out how they can break the law more. They only over here to, to just pass it and keep on moving and do what they do. It was people giving answers about all this different stuff. I said, hold on, I ain't never got into none of like, none, nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not a saint. That's that's what, why this ministry is so powerful and impactful because I'm not perfect. I got my own dirt and darkness. But, baby, I ain't never played in that pool now. Nah. I, 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 I ain't never did. So I'm not storing this information. I really don't care about how alcohol gets out your blood because I'm not trying to go back into drinking. Like, that. that's not me no more. I don't care about that. I don't care about any of that. The entire point of the class, that's what they say, is to uh, help you make better decisions. So they give you all this education so that instead of drinking and driving, you can be like, oh, no, let me sit here for two hours so the alcohol can get out of my system. Or let me do, baby, I'm not doing none of that. I'm not doing it anymore, so it don't matter. But I still needed to pass the test. That's a word in itself. (laughs) You still gotta pass the test. You still gotta pass the test. Wherever you are, whatever God requires of you, you might see it as pointless. You might see it as unnecessary. I'm not gonna need this. Okay, babe, you still gotta pass the test. So I got a 64, I think. I was so disappointed. It was a test of my faith though, but I was so disappointed. And I was like, God, I'm going to tell. You, okay, let's, can we be therapy? Let's, let's therapy it real quick. I'll give you therapy. It's the podcast. I said, God, was I thought you were backing me up. I thought you were going to have my back on this. Cause I prayed before I took the test. Cause it had to be about the grace of God, the glory and the grace of God. God, I thought you were backing me up and I was disappointed. She said, if you get a 70 or above, because it gives you a grade right away, you can just get off the zoom I saw people leaving. Quickly, I was the first one completing everything quick before. Every document she sent, I was the first one done. But when it came time for the test, oh, that was embarrassing. Now, truth be told, I really don't care what people think about me. Especially not in no DWI education course trial. (laughs) But I was like, you know, because it's big. Like, if you don't finish the class, you have to retake the class or something. She, she said something's going to happen, but you just have to stay behind. So everybody leaving, and I'm still stuck behind. She ends up pulling me in a breakout room. What's going on? Is everything okay? I'm like, girl, you're not about to sit up here and do me like this. She, we had to do a, a different exit eval and ask questions. I'm like, girl, no, I'm fine. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't know what happened. She said, okay. Well, I have an alternate test, and I'm going to give you an alternate test. It's true or false. If you get 70 or above, you're good. You complete the class. You'll get your certification today. I said, okay, now that's my jig. Baby, I am the true or false king. True or false, me any day. Two truths and a lie, me any day. Okay, I'm going to eat it up every time. You might want to move your fingers, because I'm going to take the plate, too. I said, God, this was a test of my faith. You already knew. You already knew how this was going to go. So you had a second test prepared for me, knowing I would pass the second one. So truth be told, it was only a setup to get me to the second test. And I passed 93%. 93. <laughs> you know. From a 64 to a 93, yeah, I ate. Okay. And God literally made me smile in that moment because I realized God is backing us up. He just wants us to trust him. Like, God, he is so funny. God will play with you. He's not a man that he should lie to the son of a man that he should ever repent. He's not that type of play. Like, oh, I'm just checking you. I'm not giving you this. It's just a game. No, no, no. But play with you means he going to give it to you. He just trying to see what you're going to do. It's like some parents where they tell their child that they're not going to get the gift that they want for Christmas and then come Christmas time and they're opening up the gifts that present is under the tree. Around Christmas time, you'll see a lot of these videos and they'll be trying to be like how moms are on Christmas. And she's there looking at you, opening the gift. Because you just had to trust you were going to get it from me because of who I am. That I love you enough to get you, give you exactly what you want. That I love you enough not to disappoint you or let you down. That I love you enough if you're willing to just wait on me and believe in me and trust the process God, I trust you. I had to tell God, God, I trust you. Every day I'm telling him, God, I trust you. With the situation I have going on now, I'll tell you about it once I get the money out of the test. The testimony. I, 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 I trust you. God, I trust you every single day. I may never have experienced anything like this in my life, but God, I trust you anyways. And it's my confession of faith that is keeping me in this season. And I believe that that's what you need in this season is to confess your faith. I'm gonna take this is real life I ain't even got to make this up I told you I got disappointed after the first test because if I did not get the certification that day after your 180 days is up you can't just retake the test I have to literally get approval from the judge go back to court and a whole bunch of stuff that is a huge process it was not easy as me just get is booking another class you've got to trust God, literally, when I got this, when I was disappointed and I was talking to God, I was writing. And what I told, excuse me, what I told myself was this. I said, you know what? That's what we're not finna do. I started writing out every miracle that God performed in my life. I kid you not. I ain't got to make this up. I started out writing out every miracle God performed in my life. Every time I saw him come through for me. Every time I saw his word come to pass in my life. Because I believed, God, that this was going to be the season of overflow, increase and expansion, breakthrough, healing and deliverance. Which I means I was excited because that was the last thing that I had to do in this case. Now, all I got to do is coast the rest of my stuff out. So when I saw that it was about to be an issue, I was like, God, I thought we were I thought you was going to take care of me. I thought we were good. And right when I felt my hope dying, failing, when I felt my faith coming under attack, because that was nothing but the enemy. When I felt my faith coming under attack, it was a test. God wanted to see what I was going to do. Was I going to give up or not? Because truth be told, I've got to give it to you real so that you can know you're not alone. I felt like clicking off the Zoom. I'm like, I failed anyway, so I'm just going to click off the Zoom. And I would have missed my retake opportunity. You're not hearing me. I hope you hear me in the spirit. If you give up just because you failed the first test, you're going to miss the fact that it's all in the second test. So you can't give up just because the first one didn't go how you wanted it to go. Just because it didn't happen when you wanted it to happen. Just because you didn't see it when you wanted to see it does not mean you give up. Because God has something on the other side of your press. So because I decided to press in instead of clock out, check out, leave. I sat there and I wrote down every miracle I could remember in that moment. God did for me. Every moment he showed his face, I know him to be true. I say God is faithful, period, because one, one, one don't take away the thousands. Lo and behold, as soon as I wrote that thing, I got pulled into the breakthrough room. I got another test for you. God always has another opportunity for you. He just wants you to trust him, man. On this day one, whatever day you are listening to this podcast, baby, I don't care if this if this episode is still available in 2033 and you just went back and you're listening to this in 2033, this is your day one. I don't care if you began a new day yesterday. Today, God says begin again, again, again. Today is the day that you're going to wake up and be everything God created you to be. Today is the day that you're going to go out into the world and change it. Today is the day that you are going to set the captives free. Today is the day that you are going to arise to the occasion. Today is the day that you're going to believe God even when believing gets hard because you've come too far to give up now. If you look back over your life, is it not obvious God has kept you? It's obvious, period. You've made it. Why give up now? Eight is a symbol of new beginnings. I came up with this analogy and it goes with Luke chapter 24 where it talks about I mean Luke chapter 8 where it talks about the parable of uh of the good soil the sower the seed. In fact, I've got my Bible here to make sure I give it to you. Good. Luke 8 it is the parable of the soils, I mean. It talks about good soil. It talks about the wayside soil, the rocks. Go read it yourself. I don't want to do I don't uh, it, I'll read it to you. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rocks and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell on thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, but others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he says to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest of it is given in parables. The seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand, which is why everybody can't understand the Bible and everybody doesn't get it because God has blinded them that the only way they might come to understanding is by their faith which would come by their repentance, their turning away from evil into good. God has intentionally done that, only for those in his kingdom. Now the parable is this, verse 11, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root. Who believe for a while and in the time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15 is what's the focus. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Maybe I should call this episode Good Soil, Good Soil, Good Soil. But maybe we, I might stick to day one. We'll see. I painted this picture that life is always in the process of boarding a plane. Every season in your life is like boarding a new plane. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. So there's a soaring that takes place in your elevation and expansion. So I laid out eight different steps, eight being the number of day one, new beginnings. When you are in a transformation, a transition, uh, 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 when you are going into a new season, when you are at your day one. First, you need a ticket. Your ticket is what gets you on the plane. You can't go to the airport and get into the airport without a ticket. That's not possible anymore. The Bible says in verse 11, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. That's your ticket. Your ticket is the promise that God has given you, the, his, his word. Once you got a ticket, you got to then travel to the airport. Mind you, you also have to wait for the date. <laughs> but that, we're not focusing that there yet. Travel to the airport. You got to go through traffic, stoplights, rush hour, whatever the case may be. But if you got the ticket and you know you have a flight to catch, you going to make it to that airport come hell or high water, hook or by crook. It don't matter if you got to walk your way to that airport. At least you got the ticket. It's people that actually do that. They just got a ticket. They had to walk there. It don't matter if you have to bus there. It don't matter if you got a train there. It don't matter if you got to drive there. It don't matter if you got to take a lift or Uber ride share there. You got to get to the airport. My ticket is what pushes me in the rec- in the direction of the airport. Meaning my faith should provoke me to move in the direction of what I believe in. Now I'm at the airport. Now you're in the right place at the right time because you believed in God. Verse three, I mean, I, I keep saying verse. Step three, baggage check. I gotta get in and I gotta check my baggage. I gotta let go of my... Past experiences, my childhood trauma <laughs> baggage check. I like that. Then I got to go through TSA. They pat me down. Make sure I'm not carrying any illegal item, um, items, dangerous weapons. That's when God starts checking your heart posture. That's when God starts delivering you from that addiction. That's when God starts delivering you from that desire. That's when God starts delivering you from the sin that so besets you. You got to go through TSA to make sure you can get in. All of this is because you have a ticket, though. Because when you step to TSA, do they not say boarding pass? Do they not say ID, passport, license? Got to make sure it's you, number one, and then I got to make sure that you have a ticket to go here. And that's your faith. Once you make it through TSA, you got to travel to the gate. Some airports require that you take a train, DFW. You got to take a train around that bad boy, above the air. Atlanta, you have to take an underground train. Whatever it is that you got to do. Detroit just has a whole lot of walking connected to it. And they've got these uh, little escalators, flat escalators that move you quickly. Florida. Florida's was so chaotic, but I can't remember how it was when I was in Florida. I just know it was huge and chaotic. But Florida is so beautiful. Anyways. You got to travel to your gate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going somewhere simple, your gate is probably near TSA. But if you're going somewhere exciting, you got to walk to that thing. So you got to find that gate. Then finally, once you find your gate, you still got to wait for boarding. I got my ticket. I made it to the airport, checked my bags, went through TSA, traveled to the gate. And now I'm just waiting to board the plane. Finally, you board the plane, but you still have to wait for them to call your group, because if you didn't pay for priority boarding, you're not going to be in group A. (laughs) If you didn't fly first class, you're not going to be in group A. You're not going to be in the front. You're going to have your turn, and You're going to get up on that plane for sure because you have a ticket. But you got to make sure that everybody you got to let everybody ahead of you go. Even in TSA, I'm waiting to get through the line. You got to let everybody in front of you go first. I ain't hating on the fact that you went ahead of me. That's okay. You went. Go ahead. Now it's my turn. You board the plane. Then step number eight is takeoff. We're on day one. This is the day of the takeoff. We get frustrated when we finally board the plane because I still got to wait for everybody to sit down. Everybody put the bags up. The flight attendants do the checks. The pilot to get ready. Then there are some times where you back up, pull out, and you're waiting on the tarmac, whatever it's called, to take off. And we're just sitting here waiting. And I'm trying to figure out while we're waiting When really, I shouldn't be worried about it. It don't matter. I'm on the plane. I have my ticket. I'm good. I'm here. (laughs) All I'm waiting for is the plane to take off. And the plane taking off isn't even my business. I'm not the pilot. Y'all not hearing me. So really, I don't need to be concerned with the takeoff. I don't need to wonder or worry about the takeoff. Because it doesn't matter if it's an issue with the plane. It doesn't matter if it's another plane on the tarmac. It don't matter. I don't have the solution for the problem. Which means as long as I did my job, which was getting the ticket, receiving the ticket of God, which is his word and his promise. I made my way by faith to the airport because I got the ticket, went in the right direction. As long as I checked my bags, as long as I went through TSA, got to my gate, one time waited for boarding, was there when they were boarding and boarded the plane, sat in the seat that was assigned to me, then all I got to do is wait for the pilot, which is God. To take us off. The Bible says that if it began in the spirit, it's going to finish in the spirit. He who began a good work in you shall complete it. He going to finish what he started, declaring the end from the beginning. You worried about what's already been written. You just need to sit there and let the pilot do his job. And he going to take us into the air and we're going to be exactly 40,000 feet plus, 30,000, 40,000 feet, whatever the case may be up in the air. This is your day one, your season of takeoff. Whenever you're listening to this, listening to it, God just wants you to believe him. And then once you get in the air, you're no longer worried about the takeoff. Now that you're on the plane, it just just rest. Let the pilot do his work. Read a book. Go to sleep. Prepare for your meetings. when you. Land, what you got to do when you land. What people do when they get on the plane is based on what they know they have to do when they get off the plane. So if they haven't booked their hotel, they're trying to book a hotel. If they haven't got their rental car set up, they're trying to get their rental car set up. Some people have a speech and they're going over their speech. Some people have a presentation at work. Some people have work to finish and they know. And so they're doing that when they get on the plane. There's people who got headphones in and they're just relaxing. I ain't got nothing important to do. Some people are texting their family. I'm almost there. Be ready for me. I'm going to be landing at X, Y, and Z. I want you outside waiting on me. Some people are making sure, are doing their lifting and Uber, making sure it's scheduled, whatever. What are you doing when you get on the plane? That's your focus. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your day one. I want you to know that you are good soil. On day one of creation, throughout every six day, every six days God created, every day God looked back at what he created and he said, it is good. Every day he said, it is what good is good. It's good. When he created man in his image and his likeness, knowing full well our mistakes, our issues, situations, and circumstances, God said it is good. So I want you to look in the mirror today and tell yourself exactly that. It is good. Smile at yourself. And I want you to seize this day one. If you need rest, baby, rest. That's okay. Get your rest. If you need to study, study. If you need to finish whatever you're working on, finish it. But let today be the day that you begin again. Believe God for something new. In fact, hold on to the old, but believe God for something new. If you really believe that God is satisfying the old, you should try to figure out what's new. If you believe God for the house, you should be trying to figure out what furniture you're going to put in the house. I heard that for myself. God is going to give you double for your trouble, triple for your trauma. He is backing you up throughout all of this. All you have to do is just rely on him, depend on him, lean on him, trust him. And so in my testimony, I've got to see God be a keeper. There's one thing that I'm believing God to do. And I'll never die him on that level again. Whatever it is you're believing God for, he won't let you down. I've got enough faith to, to keep me. <laughs> like, you take all the little ones, it's enough to make something big. Like, after God proves himself so much in the small, I I, I can trust him in the big, and then he makes himself bigger and proves himself bigger. God is with you. You just got to trust it and believe in it. That's all I wanted to tell you today. Truth be told, that's it. I am grateful for every single person That listens to this podcast and supports this podcast. For every single person that supports this ministry. The people who support the expansion of this ministry. The building of this ministry. The people who are connected and like are really devoted to being connected. Like shout out to every single one of y'all. I'm excited. It is an honor to be your covering. You're a pastor if I'm your pastor. A friend if you consider me a friend. A voice if you consider me a voice. However you see me. Whoever God has told you that I am to you. It's an honor. If you're just someone who's so, who, who just likes to connect and, and I'm still grateful for you. Know that I'm praying for you. And that I just want the best for you. And I firmly believe God to do that thing. All it takes is you to believe. So from this moment forward, right now, from this moment forward, somebody say, from this moment forward. Say it with me. I will no longer shrink in the area God has called me to rise and I will no longer live And I will no longer dim my light in the area that God has called me to shine. I'm going to say it again. I am no longer going to shrink in the area God has called me to rise from this moment forward. And I'm no longer going to dim my light in the area God has called me to shine. This is my butterfly season. I love you. I'll see you soon.